Hello and welcome to episode 148 of TLDR Podcast. It's been a long time, but we finally have everybody together, all four of us, excluding Eric, because Eric is not really part of the podcast anymore, but he's still kind of here-ish. Um, to give you a kind of a taste of how long it's been since Tyler's been around, he didn't know where the cord button was on this call. <laughs> Typical Tyler. Brutal. But Tyler's back. So Tyler, how was uh, finding the record button and how was your week off? Yeah, I realized I'd, the recording button wasn't there because I wasn't in the full screen in Zoom. When it's the full screen Zoom, it's there. When it's not, I have to press like two different buttons to get the record, but I figured it out. So uh, yeah, but weekend was good. Uh, LMU baseball sweep, swept Pepperdine this weekend. So uh, one more game and we have clinched the conference title. So hopefully we get that wrapped up on Thursday. And then uh, next week we'll be in Las Vegas for the conference tournament and uh, we'll see what happens from there. So uh, yeah, just busy with work, busy with baseball, obviously. That's why I missed last week. Um, but other than that, everything's good. Conference playoffs, you said in Vegas? Yes. That's cool. So if you're a betting man, everybody bet overs because Vegas, balls, runs are going to go high, like insanely. Yeah. yeah, well, what's weird is like, I don't, think, I don't think we played in anything warmer than like a 75 degree day. And the temperature in Vegas next week is, is like 97. So we're going to get a 20-degree jump in temperature from games that we're used to. So that, that should be interesting. That'll be fun, man. That'll be really fun. So I'm excited for you and excited for LMU baseball. Yep. Trade in, hockey guy, sad boy. Uh, you always got eliminated <laughs> yesterday. And you're also sick. So like, how is life? <laughs> um, definitely been better. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, between the between catching a cold, battling that, and then battling the emotions of your team, you know, get it, getting eliminated in that fashion is uh, taking a toll today. So I'm not in my chipper self. So I apologize in advance. Um, I'll try to, you know, be as, be as, you know, upbeat as possible, but it's tough. A lot of, a lot of emotions, a lot of things going through my mind. Um, you know, you Dodger fans would probably know more than anybody what, I, you know, what, a, uh, a, an Oilers fan is going through. Uh, and I say that just because of the, you know, the struggles in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. You do sound chipper-ish, so I mean, I'm thank you for trying. <laughs> um, and then, last but not least, we have Alex, who's been back in the podcast for a week now, and he is about 20 pounds lighter because he cut up all of his hair. Yeah, almost. yeah. Alex, tell us all about it, bro. Yeah, I cut it all off. Uh, did I wait to cut it off until after I took my driver's license uh, picture? Yes, because. I forgot that I had my appointment. <laughs> so when I get my new one, it will have long hair, but I did cut it all off. It's getting hot here. It was like 92 or something like that on Saturday. Um, we did have a little beach day, so that was nice. But um, yeah, it's it's all cut off. I'm like not wearing a hat for the first time in a really long time to because it's not in my eyes anymore. So here we are. It looks good. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that you didn't buzz it like you did in your college days, but it looks good. So I applaud you for that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. We're going to get right on the podcast per usual, and we're going to start off with NBA. So, Alex, right back to you. Thank you. Yes. We are down to the final four. We are into the conference finals. One, let's start in the West because it's the one that uh, starts first. Tomorrow night, uh, to add to the Reed Sad Boy household, uh, the Warriors got eliminated by the Lakers. Uh, so, the Lakers will be facing the Nuggets who took care of the Suns, and the Suns are just an embarrassing franchise again. So Lakers, Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, so we're just going to preview these two these two conference finals. Um, 
And I asked the boys to pick an X factor. It could be a single player, it could be a matchup, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Tyler, since you haven't been here for a while, let's start with you, buddy. So who is your or your matchup or whatever X factor for Lakers Nuggets? And then at the end, we'll go around and have the boys pick who's moving on to the finals and in how many games. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so for me, Lakers Nuggets, I mean, I think for the Lakers side, you know, it's just, it's incredible. And you got to, you know, appreciate what they've done to get to this point. Um, I think none of us really would have expected them to make this, make it this far, you know, three months ago. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, as far as the Nuggets go, obviously, this is kind of a place they, they expect to be. You know, they're, they're the number one seed and they're, they're a true number one seed. I think they're a very complete team. Uh, they're they're, they're going to be tough to beat. I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people pick the Suns to win that series and the Nuggets pretty much handled them fairly easily. Um, so I, I, I think that they're, they're, they're one of the favorites to kind of win the whole thing from this point. But for me, for my, my X factor, um, for this series, I, I picked a player and that's Anthony Davis. I think for the Lakers, I think they need him to be the, as consistent as possible. I think last series, you know, you, you saw him be a little bit in, inconsistent. Some, some, some games were good. Some games were bad, you know, against the warrior teams that, that even Steve Kerr meant, uh, admitted it was not a championship team. So this Nuggets team. I would, you know, is definitely a much better team than 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 the Warriors. I think the Lakers, you know, have, have been much more well balanced and much a much better team as a whole. But at the end of the day, Anthony Davis is like one of their top guys, and he needs to be as consistent as possible, especially against uh, Jokic, a guy that you know is going to bring his A game every single game. So for me, if Anthony Davis can be his peak performance every single game, I think that gives the Lakers a good chance. Okay, I like it. I think it's a little bit of a softball pick. I think that's what James's face reaction might have been as well. Uh, so James, we'll go to you. Who's your X Factor Lakers Nuggets? Uh, before I answer that, I just want to say softball's hard, guys. Getting <laughs> softball is extremely yeah. difficult. So it was I'm more the phrase than the actual physical ball itself, James. But yeah, thank you. I get you. I just I'm saying that because my softball team lost this. Okay, weekend. here I got it. I got it's it, bad. Tyler. I think that was a little bit of a layup. Basketball. Oh, basketball. There you okay. go, James. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, my X factor is not so much of a layup, but somebody who was picked up at the trade deadline by the Lakers, and that's D'Angelo Russell. He is, in my opinion, a huge barometer of the Lakers' success at the beginning of each half. And then games that he gets off to a strong first half start, the Lakers typically do well. And games where he get, gets off to a strong second half start by banning a bunch of threes, the Lakers typically do well. When D'Angelo Russell is hidden and the load isn't placed on LeBron or AD, that tends to be a good sign for the Lakers. So if D'Angelo Russell's on it and he's playing his game, he's doing his thing, you typically expect good things for this Lakers team. So that's why he's my expector. Yeah, I do like that. I mean, again, like just like a lot of these teams, the two stars, they got to they gotta perform. You know, Jokic and Murray got to perform. AD, LeBron, they got to perform. But it's the role players who are kind of the X factors. Uh, James, great pick. Traden, what about you, Lakers Nuggets? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say AD because that's pretty easy, Tyler. Um, I mean, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Um, for me, I, I, I kind of look at two and I think it's kind of a one, a one B type thing, one from each team. Um, okay. um, I look at, I'm going to be watching for LeBron's stamina throughout the whole plus series. Uh, LeBron had quite a series last series. I have to admit, uh, he, he looked very, very good. And and I have to think that the the player defending him is a notch down from a player like Andrew Wiggins. 
Uh, so I tend to think that he's actually going, as long as he stays, you know, as long as he maintains the stamina that we saw against, against a tougher, against tougher competition, he, he may come out and shine and look very, very good and, 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 and support uh, AD and the rest of the team in, in, in every way possible. So, um, and I, I look to that because if he can, if he can maintain it, I think the, uh, the Nuggets are in trouble. Um, on the other side, uh, I look at Casey uh, uh, against the, uh, on the Nuggets side. And the, the reason is, is because I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, mashed up against uh, D'Angelo Russell, which will be an interesting matchup considering KCP was with this Lakers team back uh, on that run uh, back in, I think it was the bubble. Uh, and it's just going to be interesting to see how he's going to match up against the, against the team is he's an important part of this team. Uh, and, and I think that he's going to have to really step up if, if the Nuggets are going to, uh, you know, stop D'Angelo Russell, who, you know, to James's point is his X actor. If he goes off, the, the Nuggets could be in trouble there too. Yeah. I like that KCP pick trading. Um, I mean, we saw him in game six against the Suns go off in that first half and kind of his, explosion he had like 22 in the first half or something and that was sort of the beginning of the end for the suns um in that series so yeah that's a good pick kcp is one of those guys lakers fans can attest this as well well sometimes you love him when he's hitting shots and other times you he takes shots and you're sort of like what are you doing yeah you should not be doing this um so i do like that a lot my x factor is going to be kind of out there a little bit it's going to be the elevation change. So we talked about this two last series about if the Lakers were going to move on and beat the Warriors, they, or, and you know, and then potentially move on to the finals after that. They needed rest time. The elevation change, even though it's you know it's only a mile up, it is a big difference, obviously, from LA, which is you know two feet off the water or whatever. Um, if if the series goes long and the travel back and forth with LeBron, with, you know, AD and, and, um, you know, so that the kind of travel, I think ideally again, for the Lakers, it would be a shorter series. I don't, this is in my opinion. And I think the boys would agree the, the best competition they'll, the Lakers will face in the first two rounds. And I think the same way for the nuggets, I think this is the, the most, most complete team they faced in the, in the, you know, two rounds. So that's kind of my mind. Um, the only, other one I had was Michael Porter Jr. for the Nuggets to kind of get that third that third level of scoring. Um, you know, Jokic is going to get Jokic. Jokic. Uh, you know, it will have to see how much Anthony Davis ends up guarding him, which you know, just there back and forth will be will be kind of an, an interesting matchup. But um, yeah, let's just we'll pick. So Tyler, we'll start with you. We'll go back in that order. Lakers, Nuggets. Who do you have moving on to the finals and in how many games? So as much as I want the Lake show to move on to the finals, I just, I got to pick the better team here and it's the Denver Nuggets. I do think that the, the Lakers, as we've seen, have, have made such an impressive late uh, push. And I think that they're coming together as a team game by game. They're becoming better game by game. So I think that they're going to make this a good series. I think it's going to go seven, but ultimately I think the Nuggets are just the better team. So I, so, so I got Nuggets in seven. Okay. James. I, I like how you brought up earlier, how, the Lakers, this is the best competition the Lakers are going to face, and this is the best competition the Nuggets are going to face. But in my opinion, the Lakers are a little bit more battle-tested, right? They played the number two senior Grizzlies, and they played the Warriors. You can never underestimate the Warriors. On the flip side, I don't remember who the Nuggets played in the first round. Timberwolves. Uh, 
But yeah, that wasn't. I even, had to think about that for a second too. <laughs> yeah, like that wasn't even a series, and they play a Suns team that's depleted, right? So I think that a little bit more battle test is going to help out the Lakers. And as Tyler said, the Lakers get a little better each and every game, every way through. On top of that, I have the fact that this game is going to be a little bit more based off of the role players, like Alex had mentioned earlier, because Jokic is going to get his, Jamal Murray is going to get his, LeBron and AD, they're going to get theirs, right? So it's going to come down to which role player will step up at the right time to push this team to victory. On the Nuggets side, you have Aaron Gordon and Michael Ford Jr., who have had all the hype over the years of being amazing players, stepping into that star player role, but it's never matriculated. They've never become that guy. And they're wildly inconsistent. And they, they've yet to have a blow-up game where they're like, yeah, I can do this on a nightly basis. On the flip side, the Lakers have people like Rui, have Lonnie, um, have Austin Reeves, who have had that blow-up game, who have been the guy in the playoffs for a certain game. And I think that will come to fruition once again. And the Lakers have to win in six. So I'm having the Lakers winning in six because they will not survive a game seven. So pretty much you kind of agree with Tyler. It's just you have the Lakers winning game six and Tyler has them potentially either losing game six and then they have to go back to Denver. Okay. Trading, what do you got? Yeah, to me, I, I actually disagree with both of you in that. I definitely disagree with Tyler in that uh, the Nuggets <laughs> are a better team because they're not. Uh, the Nuggets are not a better team, not in depth-wise. I saw what that Lakers team did against the, the Warriors and I don't know how you can how you can discount your own team's depth that absolutely dominated the Warriors, who you can't ever count out. Um, so I don't know where you're, what you're thinking there, but I'm sorry, uh, you're you're completely discounting your fucking team. Um, th- this Lakers team is dangerous. Uh, they they have they have guys that are stepping up in every single way. You have LeBron that 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 uh, is is looking, you know, may not vintage, but he's certainly looking much much uh, you know chip uh, sprite and chipper than I have had expected. Um, when AD's on, he's unstoppable. Uh, and you know, we know, like James said, I know that Jokic is going to get his Murray, maybe we'll get his, I mean, I'm still, that's still up in the air, but then what, then what? I don't know. I don't know what's coming from the nuggets at any given time. Uh, you could pick anyone in the Lakers that'll step up and they're filling a gap. Lakers, Lakers are going to win this in seven. Um, and it's going to go deep, but the Lakers are going to win this in seven guys. I have, I have full confidence and I hate it. I hate that the Lakers are going to win, but they are they are the better team here. Um, I do think that the Nuggets are you know are strong enough to to push it, but the Depth's just going to win out. Traden, you have been saying for a couple of months now you were not confident in the Nuggets as a one seed. I think like you felt like they were a little bit of a fake one seed. So props to you for sticking to your guns for sure. Something's going to have to change here because I I think. I may be misremembering, but I don't think either one of these teams has lost the game at home in the playoffs yet. Or if it has, it's been like one. So something is most likely going to have to change. I can't imagine it goes 2-2-1-1-1 and everyone just wins at home the whole time. Um, I, I'm going to also pick the Lakers. I, Tyler, agree with you in the fact that if you had asked me on Christmas Day, you know, which is kind of the the NBA time, you know, half, half point timeline. If the Lakers are going to be in the Western conference finals, I'd be like, yeah, I'll take it. That's a win after the way that the season has started. But, and now they've just given you a little bit of hope. If you're a Lakers fan, obviously Um, I'm going to go Lakers in six. I think that they can steal one on the road in Denver and then potentially win out at game six, game six at home. 
which is pretty much what they did the first two rounds. So maybe it's just like a script they're going with. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Lakers in six. I do think potentially AD, if he wants to play defense, is one of the only guys in the league that could really kind of slow down Jokic. Like It's kind of like him and Giannis are like kind of the only two guys who are big enough to deal with it. And B could do it, but he's lazy, so it's not going to be him. Um, so I'm going to go Lakers in six. I do think this will be a, a close series. I don't think there'll be as many blowouts like we saw in that Lakers Warriors series, but um, we'll see. And like, again, the Nuts beat the Suns in game six by like 85 points or something. I don't even know. The Suns barely even were playing basketball that night. Um, well, hold on. Just, so just to be clear, based on that analysis, Alex, you would consider Anthony Davis to be your X factor. Oh my God. No. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. X factor. It sounded it's, like. Whether, it's whether he wants to play defense or <laughs> right. not. Which would be an X factor. <laughs> yeah, but that's like Anthony Davis is an X factor in every single game the Lakers play. Well, there that's well, there true. You go. So that's not, that's not, I see what you're saying. There's zero critical thinking there, Tyler. Zero. <laughs> uh, well, Andrew's right in front of your face. You just take it. Fair. You know, path of least resistance, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, that okay. razor? That's Ogden's razor, isn't it? Huh? Wait, what? That's Ogden's razor, that theory of taking the bounty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ah. Got this. Oh, it's a dump bounty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was all focused on what we're going to do next. And now here we are. We're going to take a break <laughs> from getting onto the Eastern Conference Finals. And we're going to have a little. Yeah, James, I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, some big news in the NBA. John Morant is allegedly on another Instagram live video uh, flashing a firearm. Uh, he's already been suspended by the Grizzlies uh, from all of their team activities and team whatever, even though they're in the offseason. So I'm not really sure how many team activities they're doing. Uh, the NBA will do another round of um, like, you know, interviewing and figuring out exactly kind of what happened. Um, potentially, they're looking to see if the video was like doctored in any way. but. John Morant could be facing a, in quotes, lengthy suspension. I was surprised. He only got eight games for this one that happened two months ago. And then, you know, went to counseling, said he knew how much he had to lose, and then potentially, allegedly, did it again. Uh, Traded, let's start with you. John Morant, is he, like, what? what is he doing? Is he just, is he a dumb, dumb boy? Or is he just, like, not thinking? I, I mean, he... <sighs> I don't know, and I I don't know if the if the star power, if the money, if the fame has got to him. Um, you see this sometimes, and you you know I, mean, I know you see this uh, not maybe not the specific incident type of incident, but you see this type of actions that you know happen with you know some celebrities in the in the media and whatever, and you know the your your head becomes bigger than you know than what <laughs> than what you're actually a part of. Um, the, the, the thing about the sad part about it is John Morant may be the most electric basketball player on the planet right now. Uh, you know, most fun to watch. Um, and he has an opportunity to, to take his career to, to great heights. And especially with a team that, you know, is up and coming that they could build around him. And it's unfortunate that, that he's relinquishing this kind of opportunity because there's player, there are players in the NBA that would die to have that type of talent and, um, you know, ability that may have the, the maturity, the, the, um, the mental fortitude to, to handle it 
but just don't have the skills. And he, and, you know, he, he's pissing that away. And I think that's the saddest part of the part of all this. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that would, that would die to have that type of talent. So I, I can't tell you why I can't tell you, you know, I don't know his mind. Um, you know, I don't think any of us do, unfortunately, but, uh, it, it's going to be stiff. It's going to be a stiff punishment for this one. And, and, and rightfully so. Um, because it's just, it just is a bad look on the Grizzlies. It's a bad look on the NBA. So, you know, the NBA is quick to nip that type of shit, shit in the butt, uh, shit in the butt as, um, you know, as we've seen. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sad. Um, you know, it's such a, such a talent is, is getting pissed away. And I think that that that's what hurts the most. Yeah. It, yeah. From an NBA perspective, you know, a year ago, you could a year ago you could say John ja Morant was on the path to being the like young face of the league. You know, LeBron is kind of aging out sooner rather than later. Steph, kind of same thing. You know, Giannis is there, but Jaw was kind of like the next, kind of like the next step. Like Zion has not really, you know, come into fruition. Anthony Edwards plays in Minnesota, so nobody cares. So like yeah, it's 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 a bummer for the NBA. And I think I think this time it will be like other teams will push push for a lengthier suspension because it was like a second a potential second offense slash like, you know, who knows what this means for it's it's all I mean, it's all gonna be about the marketing and the money that comes with it either way. And just like, you know, potential safety of other team members, you know, other organization members or, or whatever. But uh James John Morant, you know, this, this whole situation just round two. And the fact that it's coming in twice makes me wonder if this is his cry for help, right? Like, is he just, is this pressure too much for him? Like, is there something going wrong inside his head that he's like, I need out, I need help, somebody help me, but nobody's listening. So he does stuff like this to kind of like self-destruct or um, self decrimin I forget the word, self sabotage self-sabotaging himself right now where he's just trying to figure out like i can't do this anymore but i can't tell people i can't do this anymore so i need help and this is the only way i can get it that's where my mind goes at this point he's done it twice like the first time was a mistake cool yes got it you apologized but to do it again within months of doing it the first time is insane to me. so i just have to wonder like is there something going wrong with him? and I, I i can't give you an answer to that because i'm not him i don't know what's going on uh but it, it is based on this at least yeah tyler uh your thoughts on jaw yeah i kind of echo what the two other two guys were saying i think ultimately I, it's just it's just sad just watch you know i don't think anyone wants to see something like this happen and it's just it's hard to imagine exactly what is going on as james said like the fact that this is two incidences in a matter of a couple of months that that this happened and that that's just there's something really really wrong and deep going on that we just don't know about um and all we can hope is that it gets corrected um you know time will tell how what what the league's going to do time will tell what john morant's going to do um if if he can rebound from this um it's it's going to be interesting to watch uh but for, for me ultimately like just watching now it's just like it's just sad. It's just sad to watch a young star like that just implode right in front of you. Um, so like I said, I've just hope, hopefully it, it, it gets better, but there's really no explaining it at this point. We, we just don't, we have no idea all, all, all what's going on in, in his life and why this happened. Like there's just so many questions than, than, than answers at this point, but yeah, just a sad, sad story. Yeah, we, we will have to see. I have a feeling this, you know, 
this investigation or whatever you want to call it will potentially take longer than the first time because it's the off season. So they might as well wait and really get all the facts and see what happens. Um, yeah, everything I've read just says, you know, potential lengthy suspension. Don't really know what that means. Like half a season, uh, you know, the first 20 games. I don't know. I guess, I guess we will see. Um, yeah, either way, it's sad. Hopefully, if it is, you know, some sort of, I don't really like to use the word cry for help but, or that phrase, but some sort of like attention thing that he gets whatever help he needs. But um, yeah, it's just a crazy thing to be going on again two months later in the middle of the playoffs. But uh, we'll move on into the Eastern Conference. I was so close with the Sixers, so close, and they really. Fucked it up yet so far. And then game seven was terrible. So the Celtics have moved on over the Sixers in seven games. The Heat dismantled the Knicks. That kind of felt uh, pretty inevitable. So we have Celtics and Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. James, let's start with you. Who or what or why or some other thing? What's your X Factor? Marcus Smart, Boston Celtics. Former defensive player of the year. He's going to be tasked with a tough task of defending Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, which is almost impossible. But since he's a former defensive player of the year, he might have some tools to do it. Uh, but on the same breath, my next, I have two X factors, really, and it's going to have to be Malcolm Brogdon. If Marcus Smart is tasked with taking care of Jimmy Buckets, he's going to have low energy on the offensive end. You sign Malcolm Brogdon on the back end of this that, during the offseason, He's got to be the, the point guard that puts up numbers offensively if Marcus Smart's going to be used defensively. So those two are my next factors. Okay, I like that. Trading? Uh, this, you know, I, 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 I apologize to Tyler because this is going to be a huge softball as well, but <laughs> it's, it's the reality on the Heat side. Literally everybody else besides Jimmy Butler. <laughs> because beyond Jimmy Butler, I don't, I don't trust the scoring. I mean, I know that it's been kind of spread around. There's double-digit... You know, uh, there there are quite a few players that have double digit, um, you know, points per game. You know, throughout the the, the playoffs, Bam's at eighteen point one, pretty solid. And the rest, there's quite a few that have double digits. The problem is, this is a Celtics team that is very very deep, and eventually Jimmy Butler is going to be is going to have you know look mortal at some point. Uh, you know, he he did he did um, after he you know he got hurt in that uh, series against the Knicks, um, and you, you know it. You know, if, if Jimmy has any type of any type of drop off, and I'm not saying he will, but any type of drop off, you're going to need the rest of the team to to you know foot the bill, and you're, and you're playing against the Celtics team that is very 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 good. Um, you know, they're 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 ranked high. You know, they're ranked pretty pretty. They were ranked pretty high on the defensive side of the ball, uh, third it, um, in the regular season, which that's a problem. Uh, they were they rate they were ranked second in offensive rating. Uh, throughout the regular season, and they've looked very. And anybody can score on any given night. Just Tatum's looking good. Jalen Brown's looking good. Uh, Marcus Smart is at fifteen point eight. They just have a lot of higher end scores that, um, you know, that that just worry me. And, and and I just don't know if you know. With the X factor is literally everybody f- helping out Jimmy in some way, shape, or form because this Celtics team Celtics team is going to be a different beast than the Knicks. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Celtics team is a complete step up from the Knicks team that we've talked about for weeks that were, you know, pretty much a one a ish kind of dimensional team. Uh, the Celtics team is not like that. 
you know, remember at the beginning of the season, their offense was on a historic, historic pace. Jason Tatum looked like the front runner for the MVP. They kind of slowed down in the middle of the season. Um, and then they've really picked it up, picked it up during the playoffs. But Tyler, your X factor for Celtics heat. My X factor is focus. So okay. we have a heat team that looks just locked in, you know, a lot of upsets so far in, in this because they have this, you know, this heat culture is kind of what they deem it. And they were, they're, they're very well coached and they, 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 they run a, a really good system. And they're, then they're just very focused and locked in every single minute of every single game versus you got a Celtics team who at times just doesn't really seem to be putting their full effort and focus in to the game. And I think we've seen that in the first round where they, you know, went, went six against the Hawks. They had where the Hawks really had, probably had no business winning a single, a single game in that series. they, came within one quarter of being knocked out from the Sixers. The, the Sixers just fucked that up in the fourth quarter in game six, but they, they were very, very close from being knocked out of the playoffs against the Sixers team that was banged up. And a team, like I said, everyone talks about how great this Boston Celtics team is, how great of a team they are, how deep they are, how, 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 how good of a team that they are against anybody else in, the, in, in, in every single matchup they played thus far. And yet they've almost been knocked out, you know, last series. And like I said, the, uh, the, a win, a series in the first round that probably went longer than I, and everyone predicted. So now you're playing this heat team. That's feeling really good. They're like I said, they're, 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 they're well coached on paper. They're not, they don't match up against the Celtics. The Celtics match up better, pretty much better than anybody. But at the same time, what we've seen so far in this playoffs, just kind of lack of focus. So I was seeing, can, can, can they lock it in and be focused against this heat team that seems to be locked in every single minute. So for me, that that's the X factor, but that, that's what's going to come down to we talk about matchups and players and all these guys. Which obviously they're 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 going to be a, a part of it, but I'm curious to see if there's any dips in focus that we've seen from Boston first two rounds, and if the Heat can take advantage of that and actually close them out, which the Sixers almost did last round. Tyler, I'm not going to lie; I did not know where you were going with that at the beginning, but I thought that was fantastic. I think you nailed it. That Thanks. was great. Um, mine is going to be somewhat similar, but it's specifically the Celtics' three-point shooting percentage which is a really weird thing to say, but when they shoot a, a, above, I think it's like 40% or something like that. They're 40 and two. And if it's below that, they're like 26 and 28 or something. So they, they, the Celtics are very much not quite to the warriors, but they are a team that shoots a lot of threes. Just like we talked about, they're not a big free throw shooting team. They shoot a lot of threes. If that three point percentage is high, James always tells us three is more than two. This is what we know that this is facts. If that percentage is high, this series could be very short. If that percentage is low and they aren't, aren't focused. I think the heat, you know, they're on sometimes they're just teams that feel like they've, they've got something figured out. Um, and the heat could, could definitely make a run for it. But now it is time, James, we'll start with you again. What is your prediction? Uh, who's winning and how many games? Eight and seven is what I'm going with. Okay. And that seems weird to say it because as you guys know, I've been, I picked the Celtics to come out of the East mm-hmm. uh, during the previews. And Alex are even like, oh yeah, they got a new coach. You're going to double down. And I did double down. I was like, oh, the Celtics for sure. You did double down. Uh, but like Todd mentioned, they do lack focus and I've begun to lose a little bit of confidence in them. They almost got knocked out against the Sixers. The game seven was close until JT went off for a billion trillion points and didn't miss at all. That was crazy. Uh, but on the flip side, you have Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Jimmy Butler is 
cut from a different cloth. He is him without having to say he's him. Jason Tatum has to loudly proclaim, I'm him after every single shot he makes. But like Jay, or Jimmy Buckets would just be like, he wouldn't say shit. Jimmy Buckets will make it and just walk right back to his, the defensive side of the court and just do his thing. He is different. He's locked in. You can't go against this guy. It's impossible. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it'll just come down to a chess match between the two coaches. You have to make adjustments from game to game. Eric Spolcher is so good at that. Joe Mazzula is not, which is why this Celtics team isn't as good as it should be. Rookie head coach, first year doing his thing, 34 years old. Going to go against a battle-tested guy who's going to be forever in one titles. Eric Spolcher is better. She's going to win a chess match. He wins seven. Okay. I like that. Trade? Um. I'm going to first say my uh, my head pick. My head pick says Celtics and Six simply because of the depth the depth factor I was mentioning. Uh, I just don't know how the Heat can 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 completely match the Celtics teams that I that I think is just you know better all the way through, throughout the lineup. But my heart says this Heat team is something different, and I think that the Heat could 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 knock them off in seven, like James said. Uh, they there something brewing in in South Florida, and uh, it, it's just it's just something in my heart that is going to say go. Even though I do think that the uh, the West is it you know runs through the Celtics, I I'm not going to count out the Heat, not the way they're playing right now. I think Trayden's basing his pick off the Panthers, also partially. Uh, <laughs> Ty, yeah, you guys uh, almost convinced me to pick the Heat. I think I think there's nothing nothing wrong with that. I think that's a solid pick. But I again, I'm going to go with the Celtics here. Um, they just kind of seem like. You know, as 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 although I mentioned they do lose focus, they do are talented enough, and Jason Tatum, you know, is very good. Um, I think that they are still the better team here, and so I'm going to pick them in seven. I think that you're definitely going to win a few games because of that. Um, but I still got Boston going final. Okay, I am conflicted. One, well, if the Lakers move on, you either get a LeBron versus a Heat finals or a Lakers-Celtics finals. Both of those are very juicy storylines. I don't like agreeing with any of you, which is really annoying because I wanted all three of you to pick the same team so I could pick a different one. I'm going to go Celtics. I'm going to pick it off of their depth. I think Jason Tatum, especially in that game end of game six, we really saw him take over that fourth quarter. He had like a single point at halftime at game six against the Sixers. Came back and had like 18 in that fourth quarter and then dropped a billion, jillion, whatever James said in game seven uh, to, you know, kind of propel them to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think this is going to be kind of just like the Jason Tatum v. Jimmy Butler series. And I'm going to give the edge to Jason Tatum this time. So I'm going to go Celtics in six. I don't like it. <laughs> I might be, but I could be very wrong. I do think, you know, James and Traden are, are on something with this Heat team just... Jimmy's kind of different. This feels different, but I'm picking the depth. It's not the sexy pick, but here we are. James, that is it. We'll probably be, what, partway through both series next week. So we'll just see where we're at then. But that's yeah. all I got. Next week will definitely just be updates and proving how right me and Trader are. That is going to be <laughs> awesome. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but on return, we're going to go to the world of the NHL. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning back. Like I mentioned before, we're going to go to trade-in and uh, hopefully not be too sad. But we're going to talk about hockey without the Oilers. 
Yeah, um, if you guys don't mind, I am going to do a postmortem on the Oilers um, in just a second. Uh, just, I, you know, there's some things that need to be discussed, uh, you know, just kind of par for the course. But let's quickly just kind of run through what happened. Uh, we saw the Florida Panthers completely um, uh, kick out the Toronto Maple Leafs in five games. Uh, that was absolutely hilarious, I thought. Um, although karma kind of kicked my ass yesterday, so I'm not going to I'm not going to kick a kick kick them all they're down um carolina took took full control over the new jersey devils um and you know the, that new jersey devils team that james absolutely loves um and, and carolina is uh is you know four wins away from their second uh, uh f- finals berth since 2006 uh or i guess first one since 2006 or second in their history um and last night as i as we kind of alluded to uh, the oilers dropped to the vegas golden knights in six games uh you know, just really quick, uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers are, you know, in, in a normal one through eight scenario, um, I, you know, you, the, 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 the Knights and the Oilers wouldn't play each other until the Western Conference final. And it is my belief that the Western Conference final was won yesterday. Um, I do believe that the Vegas Golden Knights are the best team in the West, um, regardless of what, um, what Dallas and Seattle look like. The Vegas Golden Knights are deep, very, very well coached and um, hungry team. Um, they are very, they're structured, they're fast, they're, um, punishing and, um, and you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that the, the lesser team won cause of bullshit. No, the better team won the deeper team. But I do think that, you know, in any other, in any other year, this is a Western conference final and the winner of this will be going to the finals. Um, and you know, that's where we're at. Uh, for me, the Edmonton Oilers are, 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 I think you go back with the same group. Uh, minus a few adjustments. I mean, I don't think that we're that far out of it. Oilers fans, I really don't. I don't know where you guys are getting off that coaching is a big problem and this and that. It's just absolutely just ridiculous. Just calm the fuck down. This isn't a Toronto Maple Leaf situation. Uh, you know, we're we're one to two uh, top four defensemen away, uh, and a, and us and solid goaltending away from from uh, you know coming back and going to the finals and and going to going to the Western Conference Finals. So. Um, I, you know, I have full confidence that we're going to have, we have a lot of cap cap room that's going to open up this summer. Um, and a lot of issues within the cap that everything are, um, you know, you know cap that is going to kind of lighten up. And I fully believe that we're going to be back. Um, and I'm all in on the Vegas golden Knights train, um, mainly because you want the team that ki- that beat you to win out because it makes you look better. And as I said, I think that this team, it, this was the Western conference final and Vegas golden Knights look very, very good. Um, and, uh, uh, that's all I have. That's quick postmortem. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts, but if you do go ahead and interrupt me. Well, now it makes the Kings look shitty because the Oilers lost. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a little, there's a little, eh. uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, 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 the LA Kings t- to their credit are, are another team that, you know, in any other given year, they're making it to the second round. Um, so, so, uh, you know, it's just the way that this, uh, playoff structure is, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say this should be changed. Uh, that's really, I don't really care. It's just, you got to beat the team in front of you and the other did not. Um, as for the final, uh, final team, uh, to figure out who the final four are, we still have one more game to decide that in about 20 some 30 minutes, we have Seattle taking on Dallas uh, in game seven. Um, Seattle has been scrappy and we're going to start right there guys, because we know the Vegas is going to move on. And I just kind of want to, you know, go around the horn and say, you know, ask, you know, Seattle, you know, James, Seattle has been resilient. And I, 
then it is clear that they found a way to uh, to beat Ottinger. I mean, Ottinger does not look like he you know normally does. 865 save percentage, same as Grubauer. So both goaltenders are kind of a, a non-factor. We can we can assume that Grubauer is not going to steal this game and it's going to come down to Seattle scoring. Um, how are you looking at this game seven uh, situation and uh, who do you have going to the Western Conference Final? So I get you said that Ottinger's been figured out, um, but the two games that he's been pulled, A, his, the first game he got pulled, I think it was game three or four, I can't remember, but that game, Heiskanen went out, and when he went out, everything went to shit. And then this last game, he had no defense support whatsoever. They were just getting open shots on that every single time. And that's not necessarily on him at that point. It's just like, you can't do that all by yourself. But on the flip side of that, Ottinger's only lost, I think, two games after he's been pulled from a game in his career. He figures it out the game after. He has a terrible outing. And it's not quite Vasilevsky like in game seven, but to bet against Ottinger after he has a terrible outing is not good. Don't do that. So I think it's, you said it's not going to come down to goaltending. It's going to come down to Seattle scoring. And I, ha- I agree. Because Seattle won't be able to score against Ottinger after he got pulled. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, l- I like that pick. Um, you know, be honest, Everly's look good. Yanni Gord's look good. Uh, all, this this whole t- this whole team is is finding ways to step up. And Alex on the on the Dallas side, we're we're seeing. I guess first on the Seattle side, the the depth's showing its true colors. I mean, the scoring is coming from everywhere, just like it was in the regular season. They're dominant regular uh, five on five in some cases, all the way through the lineup. Dallas, not so much. Uh, we have seen Max Domi step up. We've seen Joe Pavelski step up. <laughs> Rupe Hans has been spectacular. Where has Jason Robertson been? And is it about time that he fucking does something with his life? I mean, I don't know with his life. Like, he seems pretty <laughs> successful being like an angel but I see what you mean. Yeah, I... it Like, he was their best player bookend to bookend this season. Like, he... We talked about him as a sneaky MVP candidate partway through the season. So, uh, yeah, for them to have... You know, they've got they've won the first round against a, a you know a pretty good Minnesota team. They've taken, you know, the Seattle, I think they the Seattle series has been weird. Um, like the Seattle, the it's felt very back and forth. I mean, Seattle won a game where Pavelski scored four goals and they, you know, and Dallas didn't win. So I I do think if if Dallas moves on tonight and they want to have a chance of beating the Knights. Robertson's going to have to step up. Like he was their best player all year. He's going to need to step up. Um, I, I mean, I think he's got to, to like, I think he will tonight. I don't know if that means a goal specifically, but, but I just think, I just think you need him to be like a presence on the ice. You want, you want him to be kind of, you know, like the center of attention. And at least that could potentially open up some other guys. Um, but yeah, they're going to need him to step up. They really are. Um, he has not. He's been very, very invisible uh, this entire playoff so far. Uh, Tyler, on the Seattle side, depth's coming from everywhere. Their goaltending is just is suspect. <laughs> so it seems like they're just having to outscore their problems. Do they do that tonight? Yeah, I talked about how Seattle is kind of like one of their secret weapons is that they don't really have like a top line that's like just you know they're going to count on you're going to be good. They kind of just get sneaky scoring from everywhere, and that kind they kind of play that kind of plays their advantage. Um, I think you're seeing that in the series. It's just you don't know at any given time what player is going to step up for that team, and I think I think that makes them sneaky good. 
I don't think Dallas knows what to do about that. I don't think any team so far that's played them has kind of known what to do about that. Um, so I'm, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that Seattle's going to win this game. I, don't, I guess I don't really know. It's just it's just a gut feeling. Um, there, there's just something special. I think when you see these teams go on runs, you can just kind of feel it. They just kind of feel like a team that 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 has that. I don't know that factor that that they're just going to find a way to win. I feel like Seattle has that attitude. Like they're just going to find a way to win. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter how. They're just going to find a way to win it. So I got Seattle winning this game seven. I love that. Um, so that that actually is 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 a perfect segue. I want to ask uh, James and Tyler. James, I'm pretty sure you kind of answered it, but just want to I just want to double check. You have Dallas winning tonight, right? Correct. Uh, any you know any thoughts on that, or just just like you said, Ottinger is going to come out. I think Ottinger is going to come out. I think Pavelski is going to do his normal thing and be in front of the net, and just tip a bunch of shots, and he's just going to get. I'm going to say he gets two goals today. Pavelski oh, gets wow. two goals. Wow, that's a that's a big that's a big one. Uh, Alex, who do you got? Uh, what's going on with Heiskanen? Is he healthy or is he? Yeah, out? he's healthy. He's playing. Yep. Okay. I'm but I'm gonna go stars. I I'm going. I also just fuck Seattle, so I'm going to Alex. <laughs> I, I agree I love, I so much. Know. I'll go. Um, I'll go. J Rob. J Rob gets a goal, and it's a close. It's a close one though. I think it's like a one goal. One goal game. Well, yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to go one goal game. I actually, I, I actually think it's going to go to overtime. Um, I do think that Seattle is going to come out on top. Um, I just think that they found a different, you know, um, they, they found a way to solve Ottinger. They have, um, you know, a, a, and, and they're, they're winning, they're winning these battles. They're, they're looking good. They're getting the scoring all the way through. And I just think that they have nothing to lose and they're going to come out, you know, guns a blazing and they're going to make their, make it to their first Western conference final. So I ask you guys, um, you know, uh, so James, um, I'll ask you, you have Dallas, you have, uh, again, against, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. That's going to start before, you know, assuming you're right, it's going to start before, um, you know, this next, uh, this next podcast. So who do you have in that series and why? That's a, there's a lot of speculation going into it, obviously here. Um, because the Knights look so good. Um, uh, but I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to do the opposite of what Alex did with the Oilers and Kings series. And I'm going to think with my head, my heart, not my head. I am a big fanboy for the Dallas Stars, man. Let's be real. Ever since the bubble, since you freaking assigned me the Dallas Stars to work with, and I've never watched a game before in my life, I've been on that Dallas Stars frame. Why would I stop now? Right. And I mean, as good as it is for the Knights to win, because it looks straight makes training team look really good. I, there is zero backing behind it because nobody's really performing well defensively for the stars right now. I, I'm I'm going to go with the stars still, just because I I can. Um, does your does your thought change Seattle versus Vegas? Yeah, uh, if Seattle goes, the Knights win in five. Knights win in five. Okay, wow. Uh, okay, that that's telling. Alex, you have Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. Dallas Knights, we have. Yeah, I'm uh, also going to pick with my head, not my heart, because I do not like the Golden Knights, but I think they're the better team. And I said this before the Edmonton series. I thought Jack Eichel wanted to prove that he is still Jack Eichel, and I think he had a pretty amazing series. Um, And I think he, especially knowing that he was always going to be the guy picked after Connor McDavid. Like, that's who Jack Eichel is going to be forever. And but if Jack Eichel can win a cup before McDavid, I you know he's got a raging boner for that idea. So I will go. I think the Knights beat either Dallas or Seattle. 
okay, that answers that question. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, you have Seattle winning. Seattle, Vegas, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to agree with the guys here. I got, I got Vegas. They're just, I think they're probably the best team remaining in, in this uh, in this Seneca playoffs other than maybe Carolina. Um, but they're, they're just, they wiped the floor with Winnipeg. They took care of business against Edmonton. Whoever they play, whether it's Dallas or Seattle, I just they're, they're, they just look so good right now. Um, I, I got to believe that they're going to win that series. Yeah, I agree with you. In either, in either case, I have Knights and six here. Um, Aiden Hill, I, I actually thought if Laurent Brossois does not go out against the Oilers, I do think that the Oilers win that series. I, I really do. Aiden Hill came in and was an absolute amazing player, amazing goaltender. And he just, I mean, last game, last night, he just completely shut, shut us up. Um, it was halfway through the third period. And I look at, I look at Kylie and I say, there's just no way because if that doesn't go in, nothing's going in. Um, and you know, I was right. I mean, it's <laughs> just not only so much you can do. And if you get goalie, you get goalie. Um, and so the Knights are going to, in my opinion, are going to go to the finals once again for their second time in their, uh, in their uh, time. Um, as a franchise. Um, before we move on, I'm going to have my own little pause, Alex, although with mine's not quite as bad as John Morant. I just want to give you guys a quick brief on the uh, on the bracket challenge. Um, mm. Kylie's in first. Kylie's yeah. in first. Uh, she, she actually has the highest possible point um, opportunity as well. Um, the reason being is she had Carolina going to the finals. Uh, and so if Carolina wins out, um, as we'll talk about in a sec, she will most definitely win. Uh, she's, uh, what is it, six points ahead of me, um, and I can't get any more points, so <laughs> I'm done. Uh, uh, the next person in line, actually, Jose. I know you don't listen to this podcast. You you are in eighth, but uh, you could get up to 121 points simply because you had the Vegas, or I'm sorry, Seattle going to the finals. I, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> I guess we didn't know how they would get here, so uh, there's a possibility there. Um, let's see, uh, Alex, you're tied for six. You cannot get any more points. You're stuck there. Um, you're done. Damn Canada teams. Yeah. James, you're in 10. Yeah. Uh, you have, you have a chance to move up. Um, it looks like you had Dallas That's moving close. on to the Western conference final. If they do that, you'll get, you'll get some extra points there. Um, Ty Ty, you're in dead last. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, congratulations. to uh, Ty. Uh, she's one that probably going to win, which is pretty good. Um, she had Carolina and Edmonton in a, um, in a rematch in 2006, which would have been absolutely spectacular. I think she took, she honestly said this to me. She took the Oilers loss harder than the Warriors loss. Yes. Last night. Um, so that was that, you know, that meant a lot. Um, you know, I think, I think she looks at me and she's like, wow, I, my team's won a lot since 2016 or whatever, 2014. Um, his team won nothing <laughs> for a long time. So that was, that was nice. Uh, and I appreciate that. Um, okay. Let's move on to the East. So we already know the matchup. We don't have to t- talk about if, um, we, we know it, um, Florida, the scrappy Florida Panthers, um, knocked off the number one Boston Bruins. Um, holy crap. Uh, and then they go ahead and <laughs> take care of business in, um, in, in Leafland. And there's a lot of questions over in Leafland now. Um, and it's, and it's very funny and I find it hilarious. Um, uh, so uh, let's talk with, you know, Tyler, let's ask you. So this Carolina team, it looks good. <laughs> really, really good. And they're doing this without Sveshnikov, without Max Pacioretty. And for the, mo- for the most of this last series, without Tuvo Taravainen. But they're finding scoring everywhere. Jordan Martinuk, who was on waivers at one point this season, might have been last season, but I, de- but I think it was this season, 
He went with zero points in the first series and he rattled off 10 in this series. He's been an absolute hero. Um, they're getting the goaltending. They're get they're just an absolute structured organization. How does how do the Panthers have a chance to break through that structure? Man, that's tough. I think, as you mentioned, it's you know one of the biggest uh, concerns for the Hurricanes coming into this postseason was how they're going to score. And you've seen the Hurricanes beat teams in a lot of different ways, and a lot of them just being outscoring guys, just just fully just outscoring opponents, and that's really impressive and kind of unexpected from as you mentioned a, a team that's 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 lost a lot some of its top scoring talent. So it's very impressive what what Carolina is doing. They're they're, they're they're like I said, they can beat you in a lot of different ways. You know, F- Florida. I mean, you've got to give them credit, obviously, for that crazy upset that they had against Boston in the first round. Second round against the Leafs, they got unreal play from uh, Bob Rofsky. He was the reason that they won that series. You know, I think they at times have have, have had times struggle scoring as well. Um, so I, I think they need Bob Rofsky to be what he was in the second round in order to give them a chance. So if 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 Bob Rossi can do his thing, they have a chance to 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 win the game, but or to to win the series. But other than that, I don't really see a way that Pan- the Panthers are going to survive this round. Um, so I guess that I'm going to throw over to uh, to Alex. Um, this Carolina again, this Carolina team's looking good, but this Florida team is scrappy. I mean, we're seeing Matt, Matt, Matthew Kachuk may not have put very many points. In, uh, I know he didn't even score in this last series, but he's always made a mark in every single game, um, and. You know, you got to think that he's going to, you know, kind of kind of break through. Brandon Montour has been an absolute revelation to uh, to James's point. Um, how do you how do you look at the uh, the Florida Panthers going against this juggernaut of a Carolina team? Look, the Panthers are playing with house money at this point. No one had them beating the Bruins and then probably most likely no one had them beating Toronto. And like. Again, we talked about it. There maybe there's something in the water in South Florida. I don't know what they're doing down there, but it seems like the Panthers are just kind of on this like high. I I mean, but the, you know, both 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 teams their goaltending was questioned at certain points. Both teams their goal scoring was questioned at certain points. I just think this is going to be a very close who can you know, who can win the one goal games who can, you know, kind of like limit the shots that are taken. Um, you know, I, I think the Panthers can, can do it. Um, you know, Carolina has looked really good. Um, you know, Carolina was my other fake team at the beginning of the season until the New Jersey Devils decided that I was, I chose them instead. <laughs> but I like Tyler's right. Bob played incredible. Um, Freddie Anderson on the other side have really kind of took over in that devil series and he played really well. So it's kind of just like which one of the goalies plays like shit <laughs> I think, and, and who can get timely goals, which is really just, a, uh, an entire NHL playoff thought process. <laughs> like who can get timely goals? In the playoffs? Yeah. Um, really when it comes to playoffs, timely goals and timely goaltending. I mean, yeah. that's, that's really, that's really, you know, the, the old mantra is if my goalie is better than your goalie, I win. If your goalie is better than my, than in your goalie, I, you win. So that's just kind of how it, how, how it works, um, especially in the playoffs. So James, you're the goalie guy. Um, it, it's interesting because goalie Bob has kind of, you know, kind of took over the series. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty, um, pretty clear. And, and I thought Matthew could, you know, I thought that they would have to deal with Matthew Kachuk the entire the entire series. And I wondered when it was going to be the Maple Leafs versus Matthew Kachuk as it was the Bruins with Matthew Kachuk. But no, it became the Leafs versus goalie Bob. 
But on the other side, Carolina's tandem between Anderson and Ronta has been very, very good. I mean, they're just kind of cycling them both in. And, um, you know, it, it seems to be working. And, and you know, it, it, it's nice to see that tandem work. And, you know, who, who, who are you benchmarking and who do you like more on the goaltending side? Goalie ball, dude. I've been just absolutely just shitting on this guy for like the last year and a half. <laughs> Everyone has. <laughs> uh, but I'm totally taking it back after the show he just had. Um, Toronto is typically a very prolific offensive team. And he managed to shut him down. I mean, granted, there was help from his defense, but he still stopped 164 shots. 943 save percentage. I think he's back to his old Vesna winning self. I, 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 he got the confidence he needed, and now he's out here just wrecking people. He's no longer Swiss cheese, man. He's like that big-ass block of cheese that you buy at Trader Joe's for like 300 bucks. Gouda. Now. He no longer has holes. Is it Gouda? Gouda. That's upsetting because Gouda doesn't taste very good. But I mean, like, yeah, but it's solid. It is solid. Okay. Yep. He is now Gouda cheese and not Swiss cheese. And the fact that he can kind of do it on his own as a goalie is really good in the NHL because they don't like to take time off. I remember when Carey Price had time off between games, he had a terrible next game, right? He is the only guy. And I get they have Alex Lyon, but he's not getting the goal back to Alex Lyon. That's not happening. And the flip side, Freddie Anson is great, but he's might have to share every once in a while. And his numbers aren't as good, you know? And the Devils weren't this prolific offensive team as the Maple Leafs were, but they were still, they still got nine shots in. I get it's a small number, but still, Freddie Anson's uh, save percentage was like 918, 931. 931. 931. Oh, okay. Well, Goldie Bob is still 943, so he's more and he's 918. Good. What? 918 for Goldie Bob in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Versus 931 on Anderson's side. Damn, I was wrong. I wrote that down wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I have full, full faith in Goldie Bob. No, you, you could be looking at five on five, which, uh, to be honest with you, is probably the more uh, the more important uh, you know number to look at. Uh, um, for me, I I, I like what Goalie Bob's done. He's really kind of revitalized himself. To your point, James, and it, it's 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 pretty it's pretty awesome to see. He's he's leading this team to to victory. And when you have a bunch of you know crazy, crazy psychotic players on the on the Florida side, like you know, Sam Bennett and Matthew Kachuk and Brad Kogudis is an absolute fucking menace that just screamed in fucking uh, Samsonov's face when, when they won. Like it was, I don't know if you guys saw that meme, but it was just ridiculous. You just sit there screaming in his face after they won that that overtime. This Florida team's scary. Um, so, uh, but I just don't know that, that it's enough to push the, you know, Carolina off their game. I mean, I think that they just kind of, you know, brush that kind of shit off. Like, we're here to play a game and play hockey, and that's what we're going to do. So let's go around and ask uh, what everyone's uh, thought is on the series and how many games. So, Tyler, who do you have winning and how many games? I'm going to go with the Hurricanes in seven. Uh, we all love game sevens. And those are just fun. Like I said, I think the, the Panthers are, are, are riding this, 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 this high right now, and they're going to they're gonna be scrappy. They're going to be physical, and that's going to give them a chance. But overall, the Hurricanes, I think, coming into the season, were one of the favorites to win it. And they're playing like it, if not better than they have all season. So I got Hurricanes at seven. I love that Hurricanes at seven. Um, so James, what do you got? Man? Well, the Canes have always had a great defense, and they've been super sound defensively. And their offense has kind of been in question a lot, but they figured it out. The Canes have figured out their offense. They've been going on this offensive explosion, this playoffs, and so like 
that offensive explosion paired with their great defense makes you think the Panthers will win in six. <laughs> okay. Panthers wow. in six. Uh, yeah, man, uh, nothing makes sense, man. All common sense was out the window with the Panthers. I mean, Say something, Panthers win it. Panthers I mean, th- that's true. I mean, the Panthers have just continued to win, so that's not a bad thought. Alex, what about you, bud? I asked the Carolina Hurricanes to put up or shut up at the beginning of the season, and so far they have put up. So, or whatever. I don't know which one's the better one at this point. I'm going Canes. I'm going to go Canes in six. Um, I, at some point, these fairy tale runs end out or end in the final four, you know, you never, you never see the 16 seed, the 15 seed win win the March madness. So Canes in six. Yeah. For me, I have Canes in six as well. Um, the reason is, you know, it, it's funny because I've had the Canes for the last two or three seasons going to the finals. I've always like, Oh, it's their year. There's they're they're that they have that structure. They just, I don't, I think they can outscore their issues. Well, there are Brent Burns is unbelievable. Um, and then that, that's the reality of it. Uh, you know, Martin, unbelievable stepping up. Jordan, I mean, they're, they're finding, they're finding guys to step up, you know, with, with all these players gone. T- Tubo Teravine is supposed to come back and towards the end of the, of the series, which could be a huge boost in the last couple of games to push him over the top. The Panthers are going to scrap their way throughout the entire series, but I just don't think that, that Car- I think Carolina will kind of brush it off and say, we, we're not going to deal with that kind of shit. You know they're, they're hyper focused. They have the structure. They they're they're all playing as a team. They're playing um, playing together, and I just think that it's just going to be too much for the for the Panthers, um, you know, to overcome. That said, I think it's going to be lots of fun, uh, and it's it's very fun to watch that Panthers team just try and uh, you know and and just get under the skin of every team that they play because it's a completely different team than last than last Panthers team that were you know very very soft in my opinion. Uh, what 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 the changes they made in the summer have made them a very hard team to play against. Um, and it'll, it'll be a fun one to watch. Um, and so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, we will be going over the, our, I wanted to talk about Consumite stuff, but I thought maybe we should wait until we see who the final four are for sure. Uh, maybe next week we can kind of talk about that. Um, and, uh, you know, give us something else to talk about instead of five teams that we talked about today. So, um, that's all for me, James. So watch that. Watch the finals. It's going to be fun. Yeah, watch the finals. And I think Traden did a very good job not crying the segment. So Traden, thank you. Proud of you. <laughs> we're going to take another quick break. And when we return, how are we going to talk about his life? Hey, Gabe, baseball. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thanks again for tuning back in, like I said before. Tyler's life is baseball, and Tyler talks baseball. So here we are talking about Tyler's life and baseball. We love it. Baseball's life. Okay, so let's get to my ODMs for this week. First one, we're going to talk about the San Diego Padres. They're in a little bit of a rut right now, boys. Uh, they have lost five in a row, seven of the last eight. They had two series against the Dodgers. They won the first one and then lost the next five, including this uh, weekend sweep at Dodger Stadium. Uh, currently they sit seven games back in the NL West. The record is 19 and 22. Uh, so they're, they're not doing so great. Again, you know, this is kind of, you know, new season, same story about these, these, these Padres team that came with huge expectations and just not quite living up to them. Um, obviously there's still a lot of season left, but a lot of it was made obviously with this, with the money they spent, especially with on the offensive side of the ball. So let's talk about the batting stats real quick. I'm just gonna name out some of these, which everyone's, you know, raving about how good this lineup is. Currently they are 25th in runs. 29th in batting average 
and 20th in both on-base percentage and slugging percentage. That's pretty shitty for a lot of money, millions of dollars going into what's supposed to be the best lineup in baseball. So um, I just want to ask you guys, like, what do you think is wrong in San Diego? Obviously, you know, bag is not where it's need to be. The pitching depth probably isn't as, as, good, as good as we thought. But what is the reason, in your opinion, for this slow start and just for this team not being able to seem to be clicking and seem to be winning and, and, and rolling off a lot of wins? Um, Alex, I'll start with you. Uh, the joke answer is because James and I bet money and so far it's uh, turning up all Alex. Um, realistically, they're, yeah, they're just not going. Like that top four of Machado, Soto, Tatis, and Bogarts was supposed to be this like unheralded top four, yada, yada, yada. Soto was awful to start the season. He's really kind of turned it around. Machado has been pretty bad um, really all season. I think he's hitting like 230 or something like that. Um, generally he destroys the Dodgers. Like since he left LA and signed with the Padres, he has been, he, I think he likes to save up for those Dodgers series. He was like, Oh, for 20 or something. Like he was, did not look good. Um, and like, I think people just assumed Tatis would immediately go back to being Fernando Tatis jr. And like, yeah, he's hit some homers and he's played well, but like it will take some time for him to get used to big league pitching. Like we saw him destroying triple a pitching, but the difference between triple a and the majors is a huge, huge jump. It's like, it's going to take some time. And we all talk, or at least I, I pretty sure we all talked about this during, you know, the previews is like, yes, their front end stuff looks really good, but the depth isn't great. Like we, the depth of the Padres lineup is, is not fantastic. And while as long as they get into the playoffs, it might not really matter because then, you know, the stars might take over like they did last year. But I think over 162, the depth is just not there to compete with a team like the Dodgers, who, as we know, is are one of the teams that's best at accumulating that depth. Um, I think they'll figure it out. We're not to trade in anniversary yet. So it doesn't actually, none of this actually matters. That's the one rule that we've made up. So, uh, if they're still playing poorly in two weeks, then we'll have another discussion, I think. All right. I like that. Traded. What do you got on the Padres? Um, I think, I think it's, you know, well, clearly it's, it's that the batting's just been not, not there. I mean, I think that they rank last in, in uh batting average or at least OPS with runners on in, in scoring position, which is not okay. I mean, you got to get those guys when you got to get those runs and uh, they're just not doing it. And I'm not sure if it's if it's because they're looking for the highlight reel or, or what, which could be the case, because there's a lot of guys here. This isn't a homegrown team, you know, a homegrown talent team. This is a team that is kind of compiled of a bunch of highly paid guys that, you know, that, that you know, much like the Mets, they're spending a bunch of money to, to create this team. And um, it's just not working out. And, and I just wonder, you know, you look at, you look at everywhere else, or I guess you look at the winners of, of recent, and, and I specifically look at, um, you know, right now I look at the Rays who are consistently looking good, cons- you know, consistently making the playoffs and they're not spending nearly as much as any of these teams. Well, they're, they're letting the young guys kind of prove themselves and, and find a, find a way to, to contribute. And the Padres are, are, I don't know if it's because they're just stuck with a bunch of, uh, um, guys that just, you know, are trying to, trying to, you know, look better than they actually are or whatever, trying to go for the highlight reel, but that can be the case. And, um, and you know, I, I think that 
this is just proof that you don't necessarily need to spend every bit of money to to be the best team because it hasn't really worked out for many very many teams. The Mets look shitty. The Padres don't look great. Dodgers look good, but all of a sudden when you cut when you cut the payroll, they look better almost. So, uh, you know, I, I I you know it's just it's kind of weird how that how that seems to be the case here. Definitely, James. What about you? What do you, what, what's what's going on, going on with Padres? I think the issue is in the locker room. Um, and it's the fact that Tatis came back. If you guys remember last year when he was suspended and got hurt and got suspended for PDs, there was a lot of snide comments by players currently on the team, basically saying, "Yeah, we don't need him. Like he wasn't, he was immature, and he, we don't need him. Like we'll win without him. That's fine, right?" Manny Machado was one of the guys that came to mind whenever that happened. Like he did that a lot. He basically just talked down to Fernando Tatis, even though it was Tatis' team before he got there. And so I think there's kind of an elephant in the room right now, and especially in the locker room. And that, that gets to people, man. Baseball, drama, like any sports where you're with them a lot, you play 162 games with them. There's a lot of standing around, you know, like typically there's a lot of downtime in between games, during games, that talk. And it feels awkward. They're kind of just like sitting and just, it looks awkward. And the biggest issue is Tatis came back. He's been here for, what, 21 games or something. And Alex, I have to dispute your point that he's not ready for major league hitting because he has the second highest OPS on the team at like 827. And his batting average is almost 300. Like he's doing great offensively being back with the team. But since then, the team's kind of gone downwards. Like they have, they've, they're going on losing streaks. They're now seven games back, like you said. Like they aren't producing at the highest rate they possibly can. And I think the air needs to be cleared in that locker room before anything good happens. Yeah, uh, James, I, I kind of agree more towards your point. I think they, uh, Bob Melvin, I believe, had a closed-door meeting after their series loss in Minnesota, basically saying that this team needs to have more fight in them, You know that it's, it's time for a little bit of a, a sense of urgency. Obviously, that message didn't get through very well because they, then they got swept by the Dodgers and... Uh, you know, and then on Sunday scored zero runs. Um, I think all their home runs or all their runs are just coming off on solo shots. I think for me, that speaks to volume that this team does not have an identity at all. Um, and I, th- and I, sp- I think when you compare it to a team like the Dodgers who know who they are, they know they know how to win. They built this, 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 this identity for, for almost a decade. Now they know who they are. They know how to win baseball games. You know, the, the Padres got the best of them at the right time in the postseason last year. But when you look at the overall, you know, numbers last two or three seasons, it's not even close. Um, obviously, the Padres, one of the matters, you, so you got to tip your cap to them. But the Padres have an identity crisis and they got to figure out who they are and how to play as a team because they got all these big, all, all these big names. And that's great. But at the end of the day, if you guys don't know how to win it as a team, at the end of the day, baseball is a, a team sport and you're, and you're just not going you're, you're, you're to win a lot. Um, so like I said, it, it, I agree, James. I think Tatis certainly has, has a part to play in that, in that, in, in, in that story, you know, whether or not they, they, they come together as a team, we'll see what happens. I think Bob Melvin did his best, but obviously it didn't get through maybe at least not quite yet. Maybe it'll take a week for it to kind of kick in, but you know, we're getting closer and closer to our, uh, to our deadline of, what, of when we consider, you know, con- con- contenders and pretenders Sitting seven games back, you know, mid May is not, is not where you want to be. You know, it's not it's not over yet, but it's definitely not a great place to be. So the Padres, especially with the, with with the Diamondbacks and how good that they've been playing, you know, a little bit of cause for for concern right there. So Padres, they they got to figure out very soon here. 
Uh, moving on to my uh, second Odams, we got some former MVPs and some Cy Youngs returning from injury or have already returned from injury to some teams that you know maybe could use it. Some of the teams that are you know in a in a in a good place right now. So like I I, I got three guys coming off the uh, injury list right now. Jose Altuve is the first one. We all know what happened to him in the World Baseball Classic. Broke his thumb. Uh, he's currently playing in some rehab assignments, so he's pretty close to his return to the Astros. Then we got Max Scherzer. Who's dealing with some neck spasms? Uh, he did return on Sunday and 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 did win the game through a, a, a Mets pitching staff that desperately needs uh, him him back in the rotation. A, a Mets team that's certainly you know not in a good spot, kind of similar to where, to where the Padres are at, but maybe not quite as bad. Um, and then you got Corey Seager, you know, who's uh, who suffered a hamstring strain a few weeks ago. He's expected to return this week at some point to the first place Texas Rangers. Uh, so of those three guys, you know, three big names. For, for all those teams, which player returning from their injury do you think will have the biggest impact on their team upon return? James, what do you got? My answer is Max Scherzer. Um, because the other guys, like like for Altuve, his replacement in Mauricio Dubon has been great. Like a 291 average, 1.1 war, which is second on the team, the Jordan Alvarez. Houston's looking like they're doing okay. And for Corey Seager's case, you have Ezekiel Duran, who was his replacement. His average is 304. His war is one. The Rangers are 10 games above 500. It's not like they necessarily missed Corey Seager in their winning ways because they're winning without him. Same thing with Altuve and the Houston Astros. Max Scherzer, though, is important because, as you mentioned, this Mets team is not doing well. They need a leader who, need, who can be on the field. And there's a good chance that even though he hasn't had the best year so far, I think his ERA is like a four or five or something, he can still be out there and get you a quality start which will then take some pressure off the bullpen, which will then save that bullpen for later games and help out the stars who aren't doing as well. He still has that talent and that grit to be the guy that goes at least five innings every single start. And I get the last one, he went like, he went exactly five, I think. But Max Scherzer is more important to me and will have the biggest impact on a team that is failing, quite frankly. Yeah, I like the fact that you picture, you know, a lot of people don't, necessarily consider start starting pitchers a bigger impact because they're not playing every day. But a guy like Max Scherzer is one of those rare breeds of pitchers that definitely can. You know, he it, he 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 has the rock every every fifth game, and that you know if if he's on, that's a game that you know that you're going to win. Uh, Trading. What about you? Yeah. Um. For me, no disrespect to Corey Seager, but your team's in first in the AL West, and you're not even there. He's only going to make them better. So I I don't have an issue. I don't have any problems with him. Uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, I don't I don't see him as a huge, you know, help to his team relative to the others. It is 100,000, 100,000% Max Scherzer. That's not even possible. Like 100,000 doesn't even make sense, but it is. It's just the case. It's just what it is. This Mets team, pitching-wise, is fucking horrible. Their <laughs> bottom, their bottom, their bottom uh, half uh, in ERA, their bottom half in hits, uh, hits allowed, runs allowed, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, home runs allowed, all the way across the board, they are below average, and in some cases, they're even like they're even in that bottom twenty five percent. And this is a team that that spent every fucking bit possible to compete and to be good, and they need help on the starting pitching side. And we've seen, I've, I've you know, I've I've watched enough baseball, which isn't that much. Watched enough baseball that if, that it's kind of like hockey in the goaltend. If your pitcher is better than my pitcher, uh, you you win. If my pitcher is better than your pitcher, you win. That's that's kind of the mantra 
between baseball. Now I'm not, it's not, it's, it's, you know, black and white is that, but it's generally the case. And the starting pitching for the Mets has been fucking horrible. And so if that's, you know, if he can, if he can come and inject some kind of life every week that he plays or every, whatever day that he plays, it's only going to make the Mets look, uh, you know, kind of get in a groove and kind of get, get that win and get that win and keep going because they need, they need injection of that, that, that rotation because fuck, they look really bad, really fucking bad. Yeah. Mets are definitely feeling it. They're trying to get as healthy as they can. Obviously, you know, Verlander returned fairly recently. Now they get Scherzer back, which will hopefully be a big boost to that rotation. But Alex, do you agree with, with, with them and saying it's Scherzer or do you think it's someone else? Nope. I agree with them. Um, I mean, I think Altuve coming back is, you know, he's like kind of the heart of that Astros team. He was, he's the longest tenured guy. He was there when they were, when they were terrible. Um, but like, think about it. So Scherzer's been a Met for a year plus now, and he's been hurt like half the time. Like he missed a lot of time last year. He totally blew up in his one playoff start against the Padres last year. Now he's coming. Like it's been just an accumulation of little things. It was like a hip or something. And now it's his shoulder. And now, and then it was his neck. And like, then he got suspended for fake sticky stuff situation. Like whatever went down with that. So I, if you're a Mets fan, you need Max Scherzer to be Max Scherzer. And unfortunately he's, 38 or 39 with a lot of miles on that arm. Like you could be paying Scherzer and Verlander more money than the, what the entire A's franchise is worth. And it could be going downhill. So like him coming back and it barely counts because he threw against the nationals. So like, I want to see him pitch against like a real team um, is incredibly important to the Mets season. Similar thing with the Padres. They're already, you know, eight games back, whatever it is to the Braves who are dealing with their own injuries, but have more depth. This is, this is the same situation. If there's a team that you could compare the Dodgers to in the way they run the organization and their depth, it's the Atlanta Braves. If you compare the Padres to a team, it's the Mets. So like you need Max Scherzer to be Max Scherzer. If the Mets want to make a run at winning, winning uh, the NL East. And I think they're going to, Need so I don't think they want to potentially run into that wild card series again with their collective age of their pitchers being, you know, up up there compared to other teams. So Scherzer's got to come back and be very very important. Um, you know, the Astros have been and to start the season, but that lineup is still disgusting. And Altuve will come back, and that's great. I agree with trading. Kind of, you know, Texas Rangers have surprised us all. If Degrom is hurt again, also what a surprise! But they've been playing well, so Seager will just make them better. But for uh, you know the Mets, Max Scherzer is the most important coming back. For sure, I, I I do agree with you guys. I think you know they need Scherzer back and they need him effective. You know I don't I'm not as confident in that Mets rotation as I think that a lot of people had coming into this season. But you know him at least being healthy and, and and out there on 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 the bump every fifth day is is huge for the Mets. You know I think the Astros getting out two day back also I think is is a, is, a, is a close second there just because he is the heart and soul of that franchise as Alex as as you mentioned. And I think they're a team too that's been kind of struggling to kind of find a groove. Um, so I think having Altuve back is, is is a huge boost to them. And you know, the Rangers have been playing incredible. I think it was a team that we expected that might be able to play this way. Uh, and the fact that they're only going to get better with Corey Seager, who is an MVP candidate every year if he can stay healthy, which obviously hasn't done a great job of this year so far. But to add that that to that lineup is huge. To lineup that's arguably one of the best in all of baseball. So. 
I think that can't be understated as, as well for the Rangers. Um, so that will do for that. Uh, boys, we have a couple of City Connect jerseys to rate. Uh, the, the Seattle Mariners came out with theirs a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to save it when we were all here to go over it. And then the Reds dropped theirs last week. So we got a couple here to rate. So I'm going to share my screen with you guys. And we are going to look at these. So here is the uh, first one, the Seattle Mariners. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, I just, I'm not really sure to think of these. Um, a lot, I think, I think a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on the, on these ones, but, uh, for those listening, you know, if you haven't seen them, definitely go Google it. But, uh, the, uh, Rangers or sorry, the Mariners kind of went with their, uh, kind of old school colors. So more of a kind of a Royal blue with, uh, with a gold look to it. They went black pants, uh, blue socks there, uh, the hat with their kind of old logo with that Shridens and kind of the upside down to make it look like an M for Mariners got the Seattle script in front. They got the Pacific Northwest West patch on the side. Overall, you know, kind of kind of a pretty definitely a, a jersey that pops. James, I feel like if SCC had a baseball team, this might be what their jersey would look like for sure. Uh, SCC has a softball team and this is a combination that they've used in the past. So there you go. So it's pretty much they stole their exact look from SCC softball is basically what James is saying here. So maybe some copyright infringement going on. But James, let's start with you. What do, what, what do you got on the Seattle Mariners City Connect jerseys? Uh, see, this is a weird one for me because, A, I hate Seattle. Everything's Seattle. <laughs> um, but then it's also kind of like brings me back home-ish to what I'm used to because, like I said, SEC softball has this exact same jersey combination. They have like a black jersey, so they wear their black pants with their blue jersey sometimes just to kind of make it, change it up, you know, have something different. The color scheme is exactly the same. Blue, yellow, black that's insane to me so i mean as much as i hate seattle this jersey feels calming to me that's so it it may not feel this way to everybody but i really really enjoy the hat that's my favorite part of this um but the calming factor i i'm gonna have to give this like a seven two as much as i don't like seattle this feels this feels nice all right seven two from james alex what do you got on these yeah, so I do like the colors. I like the black part behind the Seattle because it kind of makes it pop. Uh, I right now was looking it up. So the Seattle City used to have a team called the Seattle Pilots, and they was looked like they were there for one season before they moved to Milwaukee to become the Brewers. And the Seattle part kind of looks like it's an homage to the Seattle on the jersey of the Seattle Pilots team. So I do kind of like that. I think the hat is dope. I don't really care about the Mariners, but I would buy that hat because it's a blue hat with a trident on it. That's sick. Um, I and it's an M for Mariners, like you know. So I'll give it a seven point eight. Seven eight from Alex Traden. This is gonna be fucking jarring. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking bad. I mean, look, look. Here's my problem. Any jersey, any uniform maker that deals with Seattle that leaves out the seafoam green, automatically fired. You you come to me with a concept without that without that seafoam green, you're immediately fucking fired. You have no chance. You have no chance to fucking redeem yourself. And they completely fucked it up. Like it's 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 not even close. It's not even close. They, they don't when you don't have that fucking color, you're it's an, it's immediately a no for me, and it's a four point three. Wow. Your nose of 4.3. That's like generous. Well, I mean, you did the, you did something. 
So I, <laughs> you know, a four point three is still a is still an F. So yeah, it it it, it wasn't Costa Rica's uh, World Cup jersey, so it's better than that at least, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so here's my thing. I I agree that the hat is awesome. I love the hat. Um, I respect that the you know the colors are you know going back to kind of like a retro look to what they used to be. Trade and I agreed with you that you know it's definitely not what we're used to seeing from Seattle teams. But because it's a throwback and it's kind of a different one, I'm not as uh, picky on that aspect of it. What I am picky about is the fucking black pants. I I can't stand when teams wear black pants. The only reason, the only way to do black pants right is if you're gonna go all black, black jersey, black hat, black everything. You go all the way up and down, head to toe in black. Even then, I kind of cringe a little bit, but I can, I can, I can, I can work with it a little bit. But the blue and the black, and with baseball, man, I just it, it bothers me. And I, I just hit, I said the same thing about the the one with the Turkish Rangers, which that one I really hope they correct it because that jersey could legitimately be one of the best city connect jerseys in baseball if they fix the pant problem. But um, this one again, the black pants just lose it for me. I don't hate it, uh, but you know the black pants is going to knock it down a little bit. So I'm going to give it a six three um it's got a lot going for like i said hat's great um but yeah the black pants man god damn it people need to stop doing that shit all right let's move on to the uh cincinnati reds which again black pants but hey i think they did it right they went all black uh so the hat's black the jersey's black the pants are black uh they got the the cincy um in, in black with the with the red outline uh they went with kind of their old school c logo with the hat um, on, on, on the side as well. Um, these ones really pop. I, I personally like these a lot, but let's see what the other boys think first. Alex, what do you got on the Cincinnati Red Sea Connect jerseys? Um, I like the hats. They kind of remind me of the Chico State hats uh, <laughs> a little bit, which has nothing to do with anything other than I enjoy that part. I don't think I disagree on the part that says Cincy. That does not pop. I feel like you have to really look at it to kind of read what it says because it's the it's black on black like the 90% of the lettering is black on a black jersey so like you can't really see it i do like how they went with cincy though because like everyone calls cincinnati cincy also cincinnati's a hard word to spell so like you might as well just make it shorter um i do agree with you i like all you know hat black pants black uh the jersey black i i think these are just like okay so I'm going to give it a 5.6. They're just like, eh. I don't know. They're not really doing it for me. All right, a 5.6 from Alex. James, what do you got on these? Yo, dude, these go hard, man. I love these. I think they're phenomenal. I really enjoy the black. And contrary to what Alex said, I like the John Cena-esque thing they got going on with the lettering. Mm-hmm. You can kind of stealth. Like, like, I like that a lot. It's not poppy. Uh, <laughs> If you know me, I like simple. Uh, so this is like more on the simple side for me. So I love that. It's very modern. It's very minimalistic. It's amazing. Eight six. Eight six. Very good score from James. Trade in. You yeah, like these better this, than this, uh, Seattle? This, this is fucking it. This this is sick. Way better than Seattle. Like they're not even they're not even in the same ballpark. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, the red the accents just are are so nice. Um, it it that's what pops right like the, the red socks with the red accents on the belt like it's just it's just awesome um you know i don't really have much more to say than that um i'm gonna give this a 8.2 8.2 for 
from Shraden. I agree. I, I like these ones a lot. I like to see a lot. Um, I was trying to come up with a, a picture of their hat. That's a little bit more up close because they have that kind of that weird like rope thing that goes across the edge, which is kind of a throwback, which is which I think is pretty cool. You can kind of see it here in India a little bit kind of poking out there. But um, yeah, I think these are cool. I, I, I think that that Cincinnati C is cool. I love that it says Cincy. I think that I, t- I said, you know, we talk about City Connect. I mean, everyone calls it Cincy. James I, or Alex, I agree. Spelling Cincinnati is really hard. I misspelled it like three different times before I finally got it right for my notes. Um, I don't know which. I, I, I know one of the letters is double, but I can never remember which one. It's the N, by the way. The second N, not the first N. Um, so yeah, Cincy is great. I love that. Like I said, if, you, if you're going to go black pants, you got to go all black. I think black and red is one of the coolest co- color combinations in sports. I think it, it, it works really well on a sports uniform. I think they did a great job with these. I'm going to give it an 8-8. Um, I, de- I definitely think it's definitely one of the best that we have seen. Definitely the best one this season by far. Not even close. Um, so guys, let us know what you guys think about these two jerseys. Um, Alex, I haven't gotten your ratings because you weren't here for the Braves and Rangers. Do you want to, off the top of your head, go with those or do you want to text them to me later? Uh, I'm gonna have to look at them again, so I'll text them too. Okay, yeah, Te- text those to me so I can uh, add the add you to the list so we can get those uh, 2023 rankings over okay. when once everyone uh, has their in. But that's what I got for the City Connect. That's what I got for baseball this week. James, I want to give you a shout out. You, you covered me for baseball last week. I thought you did a phenomenal job. Genuinely enjoyed listening to that segment. Great job. But uh, yeah, that, I, so I got I got baseball this week. And it was great. Oh, and thank you so much. That made me blush a tiny bit. My life is complete. Um, that wraps up episode 148. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all the love. We love you. Um, happy related Mother's Day to any mothers out there. I seriously doubt moms listen to this podcast, but hey, just in case, you're that one person. And then to Alex and his wife, because I think their anniversary just passed. It was uh, yesterday. Yep. Happy belated anniversary. anniversary buddy. Thanks. One whole year. One now whole she year. officially divorced me. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Yay, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, happiness. Um, <laughs> we hope you guys have a good week because we're going to have a good week and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.